Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. I got stunned. I was ready to go out of an interview there from uh, Matt Perino. He's asking me questions. Come on, bro. He doesn't have our clock, so he has no idea. Adam Hill, 4 o'clock hour. Come on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I thought you were going to correct me. Demone. Demone. Now, we've got controversy with uh, Bajan and Bijan Robinson, Nick Wah or Roy, the Kels brothers, uh, Tyrod and Turod. So, thanks, Bajan Robinson, who corrected his name, his first name, how to pronounce it, but then said, ah, whatever you want to call me is fine. So, we got controversy there. Controversy in MLB. So, uh, let me read you the starting lineup today, Adam, for the Angels. This came out a little while ago. Um, let's see. Otani's in the two-hole. Moustakas is hitting cleanup. Uh, Moniak, he's having a good year, man. Phillies cast off. Sure. He's hitting sixth. Uh, and the seven-hole is Hunter Renfro. Uh, eighth is Randall Gritchick. All right. But they, but they got cut. They did get cut. Uh, this actually, the lineup came out at 12.55, and then apparently Artie Moreno then dumped five players from the organization, uh, as Jeff Passan said, uh, stunned the baseball industry. Uh, this does not happen anymore where you just dump capable players. They're winning. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez. What's the score right now? One nothing. I'm going to bet the Phillies live. <laughs> Hunter Renfro, Randall Gritchick are all available because they were just cut by the Angels who are giving up. Artie Moreno is not good for baseball. He is not a good owner. And uh, every single one of these players, and they all have some value, when claimed, and this is a uh, waiver period ends on Thursday, they'll all be eligible for the postseason. So weird, real weird. Ph- Phillies are still favored despite being down, down one. <laughs> <laughs> Not much confidence in the new look Angels, huh? No. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. All right. Demon and I will hold it down while you make your bet. You tell me when it's in. It's going through right now. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, I I don't know, I look around and um, trying to examine what this place is like here at Lotus Broadcasting and what other workplaces are like, because I work, you know, for some other jobs too, and where we are since COVID passed and the shutdown and the changes, Adam, to a lot of people working at home, a lot of people not face-to-face very often with coworkers so they can hash things out. A lot of it's done over video or text or email. Where do you think we are? Are we in a better place right now in terms of workplace communication and cohesion? Not here. I'm just saying in general. And you've got the RJ. You can you, know, you can you don't have to mention kind specifics. Of. I mean, I think you think we're in a better place. I think well, I think people learned a lot of how to communicate in a different way and communicate better. And obviously, you know, video technologies improved to a mm-hmm. point where it's great. But I do think that's at the expense of, you know, better communication where you're like, ah, oh, we'll just jump on Zoom. Like, it's better to sit down. And, and I know, like, in my job, uh, you know, they'll, you know, if you're trying to get an interview with somebody, they'll, you know, they'll say, well, we can do it on phone. And like, no, we need to be face to face. Well, then we can do it on Zoom. Like, no, it's really not the same still. You want to sit down with the person. Yeah. Like, there, there is just, it has become too easy. Right. And it's improved. But it's that's always. not always a good thing. Right. Damon, what do you think? You're you're in this office more than we are, so you get a lot more face-to-face. Uh, but there are a lot of people here at Lotus who now don't really come in the building much. I never did. I always prepped from home. I always worked from home in every radio job. But what do you think? 
Don't um, get yourself a, in trouble. There's a guy in the cubicle area that we work in. Yeah. First time I've ever seen him was like two weeks ago because he came <laughs> to pick up some mail. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, I, and I, I will say there are, sorry to cut back in, but there, there are people that handle it very well. Like you sit in front of your, you, you, if you're having a meeting, you're in front of your camera, you're engaged, you're talking, and then people that shut it off and you don't even know what they're doing. And then you're like, hey, what do you think of this? And they're nowhere near their, you know, they're not right. even near their, their Zoom. Like it's, it's just wild that that happens too. And then there's Jeffrey Tubin. Who uh, decided to uh, start going at it with himself? Thought his camera was off, and he decided to do what he does when he's in the privacy Uh, of his own home. As always, the Vast Sound crew is just scanning TikTok all the time. Sure. Uh, Here's a dude doing kind of a motivational speech, but I also think it's a speech in front of his employees talking about people working at home. If you think that you work as hard at home than you work in an office with a supervisor watching you, you're a lying piece of (laughs) that's a joke. And having managed people virtually, as they say, for the last 15 or 20 years all over the world, you know it's a joke. Okay. Um, I would either fist fight this old guy or put my mother's life on the line. Okay. I don't know how I could prove that I work better at home because I always did. So, sorry, you're wrong. Now, that might not be everybody. There might, 95% of people may not be more productive at home. I am. And I defy anyone to challenge me on that. I yeah. I am no one interrupts me ever right oftentimes in a workplace I think there's so much wasted time because people feel like they need to chit chat and I guess that's an important part of a part of the workplace I don't want to chit chat the second I get up in the morning the clock is running this is going to sound like a real arrogant ass take but that's just the way it is I just want to work during the day no one bothers me the other thing is in radio all of my equipment works no one comes in and changes the setting. I don't have to call on text to fix something. So I just, you know what, at home, I, I think I told you, Damon, I just installed a second computer as my sound computer. And if I need to buy five more, I will buy five more so that that environment works. But to this guy's point, I get it. Not, not everyone is self-motivated. But I know in my job, I don't need anyone around and I don't need anyone looking over my shoulder. It's just going to be every freaking second matters. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, you I, work from home forever. Or abroad, yes you know, you, no. you work because uh, I, I do. I, Ooh, actually, no, you are I you go to Starbucks. You're better, actually, you're better away from the office, but not at home, right? Yeah, I, I have to be out because if I'm home, I'll play with the dogs or just like watch TV. Yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, he's talking about Adam yeah. Hill. No, but I, I mean, that's that. I know that, so that's why I don't work at home. By the way, that's why cats are better. I do. I will have one of the cats will just stand there for hours and just no, no stare, my, stare at me. No, my dog's Lucy, My too. cat, Lucy, I know you have a dog, Lucy. My cat stares at me and I'm just like, all right. Yeah, no, my, my dog. come over and start knocking stuff over or scratching me or jumping on me. No, that's what my dog, my dogs will, they just chill and watch me, but then I'll turn around and like, oh, come here, buddy. Like, let's play. Like, that's what I'll you, do. So you, I, you, I don't, lack, you lack discipline. I do, but I, I and, don't. And the coffee joints don't. No, I'm just listening to, I'm just listening to music. Yeah. I, you know what? I worked at a newspaper and in the office for like three years. And you know nights that you're signed to like agate, it's a nightmare. Well, it also everyone depends. wants to talk. Just, it also depends up. on your okay, boss because I think th- what this guy is saying and he's kind of right. Yeah. If you have a boss that's just going to walk around and monitor what everybody's doing. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. You never take a break. Yeah. You're yes. Right. You're Be always, in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't think most offices are like that. I wonder how many people listening right now don't even worry about what I was saying. But when you think about some guy saying you working at home is counterproductive and you're lying if you say it's not. I'm guessing a lot of people have a take on you know the kind of job they do at home. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you bet it. 
Yes, I did. Did you get the Bryce home run right away? <laughs> All right, right there away. you go. Next batter. Next nice. batter was Bryce leading He's up listening. the second. He got it. Hometown hero. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think that is it is how somebody handles it. Like, I, I know I've been I, during the pandemic, like you're talking to people, not at my work, at other works, other, other offices, works. Other, yeah. other, other jobs. And uh, it's like, oh, can you know, can you handle this? And they're like, ah, oh, no, my kid got to have lunch right now. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> like, I, I know. Anti kid, but pro dog. Okay. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, right? No, that, right. I don't work at home. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I go work somewhere he knows else. The dogs will distract him. Yes, I, I'm like I'm responsible. I go All where right. I work the best. Hold on, hold on. I'm putting my hands out. Audible. All right. Omaha, Orange Cadillac. Number one. We're skipping ahead. Number one. This is the most important topic. It's the most important topic of the Big Four. We'll hit the rest of the Big Four in a little bit, and we're going to talk to uh, Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet about some Wolfpack football because they got the opener coming up and a lot of changes. With the coaching staff. Uh, this is very important. I have to get this out. And I don't know if Adam's even going to take part in this. Uh, DeMond announced something earlier during a break. Oh. And I, I am infuriated. We had a big controversy about three weeks ago. Um, you know, we've got this arena show with Greg Salerno. That's on Wednesdays, our lead-in from 2 to 3. It's a debate show. And uh, now he's starting to circle back and book people for a second time. I went on the show. That's enough. Okay? DeMond went on there. But the DeMond show was a disaster. DeMond beat him. Jared was the judge. He was a fill-in for one week because uh, Doug, the judge and moderator, couldn't make it in. Uh, they mismanaged. I could tell what that what happened. They mismanaged the time, and then Jared starts announcing each category because they do like eleven categories. They score it. Whoever wins more categories, you get the victory. And as Jared's doing it, he he goes four of the first five are demands. Then he plays. They have a sounder, and it's like, is it the new champ or you know uh, still the champ, right? And then he plays it, and Greg won. And then they go out. And they never announce the score. So I flipped out, right? I've gone on and on about it. I mean, you're, you're bigger on this than I am. Rules and scores. Oh, yeah. I mean, kind of, in a competition, kind of need the score to be announced. And Salerno responded by saying, we're just whining about it. And then I said on the air a couple weeks ago, I'm like, they're banned. That's it. We're not, no one here is going on to the show until there's a formal protest heard. And we get the score that day. I think they should actually review the show. I actually think Doug should review the show. But until we get a score and a formal apology, no one on the show is going on the show. And then DeMond tells me a little while ago, he's like, oh, they, they invited me for a rematch. I'm like, no. Come on. This is, a, I mean, it's not the same thing, but this is like another Rubiales situation. We got to stick together. We, we do, but I'll also, I'll make a caveat and say, I've always thought, and I, you know, even listening back to the show, DeMond is a loser. Wait, what? <laughs> DeMond okay. is going to win. <laughs> Are oh, you gonna go on with a different team? <laughs> is going to dominate. That's what your grandmother called you. Yeah, that was a good setup. I was like, "Damn, Demon is a loser. Always has been, always will be." Demon, all right, winner. So, are you hearing my case here? Do you understand? We have yeah. to stick together. They got to fix that show. So, should I just come in and make a big stink of the show tomorrow? Uh, Actually, yeah. No, 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 no. Sabotage. No, don't sabotage. Like, just no. Don't. Say you'll do it. Walk in and say. I am refusing to participate in this sham of a competition and walk out and see what they do for an hour. I kind of like that. That's that's hardcore. But here's yeah. the other one. Here's the other one. Who cares more about the station group and programming than you do? Who is that? I don't know. Name that Who person. told you last week? He oh. cares. You don't. <laughs> Who is it? You're talking about Ari. <laughs> yep. I'm talking about Ari. Did you hear the story last I week? I did. Let him do it. Oh, no. Let him do it. Why can't he do it? Actually, you know what? I've heard Greg's takes. That's actually a fair fight. 
<laughs> they both have no idea what I, they're talking about. <laughs> I think Ari should do it. He told you last week, you don't care about the radio station group like he does. Okay. Let's is that is that why you're fasting? You're not until you get a proper result. Yeah, no, he's fasting out of sadness and depression because of what he was told last week that he's a crappy worker. Oh, by a coworker. Toxicity. Let him do the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll send I'll send him the invite. He's already sent me the topics. See for how tomorrow. that show goes. Oh, you already have the topics. Yeah, dude, go forward it to me. I'll write back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be the heavy. I'll be the heavy. You're not gonna do it, are you? You're gonna go on the show. Well, I told you know what. And by no. the way, I don't. I'm not your boss. I have no right to say you can't do the show. But I think we should say. I think we do have the right. I actually, I do think they need to review the show, and I think the real judge needs to be on there and score it. And you know what? If he wants to stick it to you and have you lose, Doug's going to be back tomorrow. But what fictional Eight, character in a sports movie do you most identify with, and why? First of all, how is that an argument? I don't know. That's a personal choice. Yeah, man. it's getting scored. This show sucks. No, you make you make your case, and as I've said. You kiss up to the judge to a certain extent. What was your most awkward sports celebrity encounter, and what happened? Oh, that's I've, a good topic. Much, we have a lot. A we have a lot. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying the topics are bad. But, but who, do you, who decides who, well, that, that's more awkward than this? Unless I peed my you, pants in front of Michael Jordan. And, it is. You know, it is subjective. That's a, that would be good if you told that story. It is subjective. So you have to whatever floats Doug Douglas's boat. So it's all about Doug. Yeah, he's, he's the, the judge. judge. All Greg does is yell at him the whole time. You can't do the show. We got to show a backbone. No. Solidarity. Stick with together. The, with the writers. Power in numbers. Yeah. Let Ari do it. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Right, Adam? Adam's waiting as a Raider reporter for the Raiders Cut day report still not out. What was your line you just read from someone? Uh, that the the Buccaneers are sheltering in place and under threat of an impending hurricane. They just released their fifty three man roster. The Ravens and Raiders have not. Yes, which I know we're obsessing over it, but it is your job, so you're on hold. Yeah. Also, it was due at one o'clock, so they know what it is. They know the answer. Just let it go. <laughs> Well, things happen at the last minute, which brings us to Nevada football. Let's uh, bring in Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Doing well. Keeping busy. Yeah. It's been a busy day in Wolfpack land. Yeah. What happened uh, the last couple of days or so is kind of crazy. Can you explain to the audience uh, who Nate Costa is and maybe where he's going and now that what happens to the staff? Yeah, so Nate Costa, uh, former now Nevada quarterbacks coach, he was here uh, with Ken Wilson last season, and uh, he's taken a job out of state. He's getting out of coaching, and he's taken a job out of state, and he's no longer part of the Wolfpack football team. So uh, former tight ends coach Derek Sage now moving over to coach the quarterbacks room, still the offensive coordinator, and then the Wolfpack elevated Virgil Green, the uh, former NFL Star to tight ends coach now, and he'll coach them. And they welcome back Carson Strong, the uh, former Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. He's back here in Reno. He was previously going to join the staff at Colorado State as a volunteer assistant there, but he is back in Reno, and uh, he is going to be helping out the Wolfpack this year. Head coach Ken Wilson really excited to bring him back on in a variety of 
of roles to help get his foot in the door in the yeah. coaching world. That's uh, that's a good move by Carson Strong because I'm sure there were some feathers ruffled <laughs> that he was going with Norvell. But can we let's get back to Sage for a second? So I'm just looking at his background: uh, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, okay, tight end. So we, I I don't know officially that he's worked with quarterbacks, and quarterbacks kind of important on that team. I know there's a, a winner right now to open the season, but all these guys are a bit of a work in progress. So how is that going to work? And I, I also wonder how much Carson Strong will be allowed as a GA to kind of step up in a co-quarterback, you know, uh, quarterback coach role. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of shakes out. I mean, when we talked to Wilson yesterday at his press conference, he said, you know, these guys, they're – they're resilient. They haven't let, you know, the coaching changes affect them. They just want to go out there and play ball every day and, and practice. And But it is interesting when you look at the quarterback room because of how integral that part is to a football team. I mean, to have your quarterback's coach leave, to have that kind of shakeup, uh, you know, so soon before the season opener. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, obviously with Derek Sage being the offensive coordinator, being around last year, he knows the guys he knows the way that they want to run things so uh, I think he's gonna fit in really well with what they want to do in that aspect and what better guy than Virgil Green in the tight ends room one of the best tight ends to ever play at Nevada and then also adding Carson in the mix and hopefully he'll be able to really you know put his footprint on and give input as to you know what he just saw as a player here only a few years ago really and to be able to give some good insight um, but it'll be it will be interesting to see how it all uh, kind of shakes out as uh, the season gets started here on Saturday. Let's uh, address one more thing with this with the staff change and the quarterback coach going bye bye. You know, less than uh, fourteen days before the season. Uh, you mentioned Costa's getting out of football for now. Um, I saw that he was making one hundred thirty five thousand. That was a big steep drop off from the previous quarterbacks coach. Um, it does concern me at both schools, but especially at Nevada, budget restrictions when you're trying to rebuild a football program and you can't pay the coaches competitive numbers because the I think is the staff as a total isn't it bottom three in the league and then Ken Wilson is paid but he's not he's not paid you know extremely well to be competitive. I mean it's got to worry Wolfpack fans. Like, where is the money? And uh, I'll also get on the soapbox. I really do. I've said this before. The state has got to support both football programs at a much higher level. Absolutely. When you look around just the Mountain West and you see how many of these other state schools are are supported in, you know, uh, many more ways, football, athletics, uh, just in general. And hopefully, you know, uh, you know, these coaches that are leaving so fast, hopefully that can help, you know, expedite things. Obviously, it's not an easy task for the for the state to, to give more money and give more funds to athletics. But hopefully, you know, especially with all the, you know, conference realignment changes, uh, you got to, you know, keep up, really. Schools have to be able to keep up or they're just going to be left behind. That's the unfortunate reality, it seems like, of where college athletics are going these days. So hopefully that can be something that's addressed sooner rather than later. Okay, I read your uh, tweet uh, yesterday or maybe early today about uh, Wilson said at the press conference that Brendan Lewis wins the starting quarterback job. who will be backed up by... Uh, Richard freshman AJ Bianco. Um, was there some suspense going into camp? Because I got to tell you, at Mount West Conference Media Day, I was really shocked by Ken Wilson, who basically, I'm not going to say blurted out, but he made it pretty clear back then that Lewis had the job. So was this a real battle in camp? 
Well, I think, you know, both ways. I think you got to think, you know, a guy, Brendan Lewis, who just came in, you know, he committed, he came here during spring ball, so he had spring under his belt. But then you also had Shane Ellingworth and AJ Bianco who were in the mix and in the program for longer. So a matter of, you know, how how was it all going to shake out? I think, you know, a lot of people thought, okay, Brendan is going to be the guy, but hey, could he indeed, uh, you know, not be the guy? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't too big of a, a surprise, I think, as the weeks kind of narrowed down and we saw on Saturday he was named a team captain. I think that was pretty much the biggest mm. indication that, hey, this guy's going to win the starting job. But you always wonder when you see guys who have been in the program and now A.J. Bianco's backing him up and Shane Ellingworth started five games last year and he's behind him. So um, to see the changes that they've made, hopefully, you know, one would like to hope that's for the better because they only won two games last year. So hopefully it'll it'll be better and onward and upward from here. Hey, you mentioned the – the, the down season for sure, and it's it's been a little bit of a rough patch. What are the expectations this year, uh, I guess, from the fan base, and how much patience do they have for what's going on with, with mm-hmm. Reno football right now? Yeah, I think, you know, with it only being Ken Wilson's second year, I mean, are, is the bowl game realistic? I mean, we'll see, you know, in a couple of months here how the first part of the season kind of shakes out. Is that realistic? We're not sure yet, but – I think fans are excited about football. I mean, they've sold more season tickets than they have in the last couple of years. Um, So that's promising that fans are excited about football this year. They've brought in more than a dozen Pac-12 transfers, Brendan Lewis being one of them. Uh, You know, so hopefully those guys can help bolster the offense because the defense was stronger last year than the offense, no no doubt about that. But, you know, really what's what's it going to take to get that offense going? And we'll see kind of how things go, but I think they've got to be able to score more than 19 points per game, and it, it seems like they've added a lot of pieces. So now it's just a matter of okay, how are how is all that going to shake out once it actually comes game time? Yeah, that 19 points per game or 18.8 was historically low. I think last year it ranked 120 out of 131 at FBS, uh, second lowest average point total for a season since '92. So it's got to get better. Does it get better because of the new running back room? Is that where the hope is? Yeah, I would say in the running back room and just even all around, the quarterback room, even, you know, let's see what the wide receivers and the tight ends. You have Kalecki Latu. He transferred in from Cal, the tight end there. And then in the running back room, you have Sean Dollars from Oregon. You have Ashton Hayes from Cal. So I think a mix of really all those guys. And now, you know, I don't know if Nevada necessarily did everything they wanted to last year because, of what they had, what they were working with at quarterback, at running back, at tight end. Yes, they had two of the best running backs, but also now can the offensive line step up this year? They're still very inexperienced, so obviously that's going to play a huge role whether or not they can really run the ball and do what they want to do offensively. Shannon Kelly's up on Cofield & Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Vegas, 766-1400. All right, knee-gritty time. 38-point spread. Can Ken Wilson's team keep pace with Southern Cal? Southern Cal uh, you know, gave some trouble to, a lot of trouble to San Jose State. What do you think happens with the opening game? Oh, man. I mean, you're going up against <laughs> the best of the best. Yeah. That's the best way, really, to put it. You're going up against the number six ranked team 
in the country. And Ken Wilson said yesterday he wants his guys to go out there to compete, to play the game the right way, limit the penalties, you know, see how things shake out, play their game. And that's really all they can do. I mean, they're a huge underdog, but hey, they can't go into it thinking we don't have this. I mean, they need to play the game. Let's see if it can be a competitive game. Only time will tell, right? We got some breaking news. You're right, time will tell. Uh, and this first game is going to be tough with USC having a game under their belt. Um, was there another coaching news item today? And I, again, I've got like 30 seconds left, but was there a change uh, in the softball program? There was. Head coach Linda Garza stepping down after two seasons. She said uh, to be closer to her family. That's why she wow. made the move. Uh, you can find that full story over on our website, NevadaSportsNet.com. Uh, but, yeah, tough break for the Wolfpack softball program. But Coach Garza doing what's best for, for her and her family right now. Uh, last 30 seconds or so, uh, what are you guys doing for coverage uh, for the SC game? We'll have Alex Margulies and Mike Stephenson uh, over in Southern California covering the season opener. So Nevada Sportsnet will be there. Uh, all season long, but Alex and Mike will be holding down the fort in Southern California, and I'll be holding down the fort back here at the station. All right. You're going to be uh, in Vegas for the Steelers game, for the home opener for the Raiders? Possibly. Come on now. Possibly. Some, well, the bosses. Actually, we need budget. I take that back. I take that back. That's the same weekend as the Texas State game, which I'll be at. Oh, there so you go. That's, yeah. So I'll be in Texas. Shannon, great job as always. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Hey, thanks, guys, as always. There you go. Shannon Kelly. Up at uh, Shannon Kelly underscore TV. Great, great coverage of the pack as we're on uh, ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas today. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Cofield and Company, halfway point of the show. Finley, Toyota, Studios. Damon is here. Adam Hill. Steve Cofield. Uh, tomorrow we will be on the road. We'll be over on, I don't know what to call anything here in Las Vegas anymore. Rampart? What do you want to call it? West Side? It's not Northwest. West Central? Or is this West Central now? It's, it's We're at Durango and Flamingo. South Northwest? Like what? I don't know. Okay. What? It's the southern northwest. It's off of Summerlin Parkway. Sure. I, I, that it's, makes it's it easier. Summerlin? It's called Summerlin? But it's not downtown but Summerlin. But now there's, now there's like south Summerlin because they've extended all the way past. And downtown Bishop, Summerlin. Bishop this Gorman. is just regular Summerlin. Yeah. Rampart tomorrow. All the game day grub and drink specials uh, begins on September 7th around the football games. Uh, you make a $50 bet or more on a parlay card. You get your chance at some free food. They've got... Uh, Coupon to the deli for free chicken fingers, hamburger, or a hot dog meal. Uh, you can also get money off at their uh, fantastic Marketplace Buffet. Uh, check that. No, actually, no. They've got on Thursday night. Let me read this correctly. Market, uh, marketplace Buffet tailgate menu. Uh, so that's cool. And $2 beers. Bar special with $2 draft beers, $3 on the bottles, $4 on Bloody Marys. It's hard to get a good Bloody Mary for like less than 12 bucks now. So they're treating locals right. Rampart Race and Sportsbook will be out there with a live show tomorrow. And check in with the boss of the book, Dwayne Colucci. Always a highlight. I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Because, uh, sure. first of all, I saw you tweeting about Trent Sieg earlier. There is, Available. There is no NFL writer in this country 
Uh, I'm that the the guy in Israel dove might be better than you on a lot of stuff. But there's no writer in this country who loves the kicking room, the special teams room. We're really more the kicking room, the long snapper, the kicker, the punter. More than you. You cover this beat like no one else. It's a third of the game, Steve, and it doesn't get a third of the attention. Uh, you are just fascinated by the trade the Broncos made with the Saints for kicker. Yeah. Well, for multiple reasons. One, uh, because you got of, the floor. You got 20 minutes. Go ahead. One, because oh, this is great. <laughs> we, we, Settle down. We sit, go, we go, sit down. We got to go to break in 210. Uh, 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 um, believe he would do it. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, this is fascinating on multiple levels. One, because it's Sean Payton basically just trying to reassemble the Saints in Denver. He, he's like, I need a kicker. Get me Lutz. That was my guy for a long time in New Orleans. I trust him. Bring me that guy. But it also says that Will Lutz lost the competition in New Orleans, and this is not just an assumption. This, is, this was said uh, today. Like, hey, he was going to be cut. He lost the competition. To someone who I sent you the photo, I saw him last week when I was down for joint practice. He – cannot be any more than 12. Well, you said he looks young. I looked at the picture. He does look pretty young. He's tiny. And you said, he is he is he like Chuck Ojeda size, one of our former producers? And Chuck was oh, like... Chuck's a monster. Chuck was probably 5'7", 160. Yeah, Chuck would Chuck would tower over this kid. Come on, he's that little? <laughs> he's tiny. Really? Yeah. He's an NFL kicker now. And the, and the ball just, just fires off his leg like it's a rocket. This is quite the snitch for you. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's great. Have you gotten him in every fantasy league you can? Uh, no. Or were you worried about Lutz? No, I was worried that they would that they wouldn't make the right decision because I watched I watched practice for two days and I said there's no way Will Lutz wins this job, but I was still scared because there is a, a tendency for a lot of coaches in the league to just trust what they know, especially yeah. on special teams. Like, all right, that guy's good. Sure, uh, you know he's reliable. We're going to stick with him. But uh, looks like the Saints with Dennis Allen actually made the right decision and they went with. This kid who is going to be a star, I think. Listed at 5'7", 157. Yeah, there's no, oh, wow. There's, he actually is listed smaller than Chuck. There's no way he's that big. Wow. That's generous. Uh, the Saints also dumped some former Raider draft picks. Yeah. right in Basically right in front of Gruden, who's around the organization now. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Bowden, the Joker, he's gone. He's out. And Jonathan Abram, former first-round pick, he's gone. Did they have Brian Edwards up until a week ago? Yeah. I think oh, it was cut yesterday. I thought he was cut last week, but oh, maybe. So all those Gruden draft picks yeah, in May. Wow. But I I will point out on the on the on Blake Groupie, of course, my guy, he was stopped by security. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting, betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, let's do it. We bring in Sam Paniatovich from Fox Sports and Nesson. What are you giggling about, Adam Hill? What's going on? I th- I read a report that I think was just a joke, but it said uh, Bill Belichick declined to name his starting quarterback despite only having one on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> Sam, what is going on in New England? Zappy and Cunningham, they're all out. He's got one quarterback now. Who cares? It's a five-win team. Who cares? <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. You do not like our topics. What is your problem, dude? <laughs> Whoa! First of all, that is not that is not that is not a big topic in New England that they have one quarterback right now. And by the way, I will take the you want to do over over under five wins right now. No. Okay. <laughs> no, we can get better number. Right. We actually actually just had somebody who covers the Bills say the Patriots might have the best defense in the league. Oh my God! Stop. Last year they feasted on a bunch of bad quarterbacks. I mean, the list was just it was horrible of all the guys they played. It felt like they played Colt McCoy every week. 
for a for a six week stretch, and it was even worse the year before when the Patriots went ten and seven. That was Max rookie year. They were on the field against like, you know, just the worst quarterbacks. I think they faced Sam Ellinger, and then they faced Colt McCoy. Then they got Daniel Jones when he was bad without Brian Dable. It's just you you look at the schedules they've played. The last couple of years, they've been very easy and very fortunate to play a lot of really, really bad quarterbacks. This year, a lot different. They have the second toughest schedule in football. And, you know, you could realistically look at the way that their season starts. There are no gimmies early. I mean, New England opens up. They start on the road, or they start at home, excuse me, at Philly. Then they go and get Miami at home. Then it's at the Jets, at the Cowboys, and they could be realistically 1-3 or 0-4 heading into that fifth game against the Saints. Derek Carr, I don't like Derek Carr. You guys know that, but Derek Carr is a lot better than Mac Jones. And, you know, for you to say the Patriots only have one quarterback, I thought when everybody was healthy they only had one quarterback. (laughs) Right. But from an insurance standpoint, if he goes down, you know, right now there's a question mark. So what are they going to do? Do you have any idea what the plan is, Adam? Uh, I heard – I mean, I think they're they're going to try to bring guys back. This is just roster shenanigans, right. banking on people not getting picked up. I did hear randomly earlier that they had some interest in Colt McCoy, who oh, you yeah. just referenced. Here we go. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. Will it? I think so. Okay. We had a whole uh, – when Sam comes in, he's like, who cares? We had the ultimate who cares conversation yesterday. John Von Tobel and I, for five minutes, argued that Colt McCoy leaving the Cardinals locker room, I said it was going to be devastating to the team. So how do we make money? I shudder in fear to ask this question. Uh, how do we make money, Sam, on the Cardinals? Because it's kind of clear what they're doing. Circa has a market most regular season losses. <laughs> but as you know, they've been very proactive in moving this number. I mean, the other day it was 3-1. to one, Now it's 2-1. to one. Hmm. So I don't want to sit here and act like that's the greatest bet in the world to bet the Cardinals to be the worst team in the league, essentially, at 2-1. to one. You could you could still find an under four and a half. There are some sleepy bookmakers that haven't adjusted that much yet. Like I'm looking under four and a half minus one twenty. That feels like it's pretty strong um, for context pur- uh, purposes. The highest number in the market under four and a half minus one seventy. So clearly that's a big difference from one twenty to one seventy. I don't think this team wins three games. So I would probably just go under the win total. I don't know that you could just blindly bet against them week to week either because, you know, these numbers are going to float. Like the look-ahead numbers for Arizona, first five weeks, they're plus six, plus four, plus seven, plus ten and a half, plus seven and a half. If they're that bad, though, those numbers could go up three, four, five points, if not more. I mean, we're talking about a team that's going to just get so power rated down that these numbers are going to be astronomical. And you can't just look every week and go, oh, well, I'm going to bet against the Cardinals. I think survivor players are going to key against them all season long, if possible. But I would just go under the win total, four and a half. And if you like that number on the most losses, you can get two to one. But understand that's not a good number compared to where it was. Is there a team that people don't like, kind of like the Giants last year? You were all over the New York Giants when you thought the number was pretty low and they had a really good first season under the new regime. Is there a team you're targeting where you're like, they're going to be better than expectations? Let me give you two teams. One of them that's sort of in that playoff contender role and I think a team that could be maybe a sleeper to win the AFC is the Miami Dolphins. Now, that's not a team that, you know, it's not like a Giants team. Last year they had a win total of seven. I still think Miami is is a 12-win team, maybe even 13 wins if everything goes right. And Tua, of course, has to stay healthy. But their offense is just loaded with talent, and I'm a big fan of Mike McDaniel. Like He gives me 
McVay vibes. That's a really good team. I think they have the most talent in the entire AFC East. So I, I like them a lot over the win total. Uh, you and I talked about two months ago. I liked them four to one to win the AFC East. So that's a team at a maybe higher threshold uh, than you asked about. But if you want to go to that seven, seven and a half range, look, man, Green Bay Packers are right there. They have the best roster, I think, one to 53 in the NFC North. I think the Vikings have better receivers. I think the Lions have better offensive line play. But from 1 to 53, the Packers are the best team in the NFC North. The big concern or the big question mark is the quarterback, Jordan Love. And that's obviously half the battle in Green Bay when you've gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers for like the last 30 years. If Jordan Love can actually do anything, though, they have a very good offensive line. Bakhtiari's there. They've got good play on the other side. Uh, they have really good running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They've drafted a lot of young receivers last handful of years. If Jordan Love can be a guy and be an average quarterback in the NFL, this team is a 500 team in that division. Lions are overrated. Vikings are overrated. The Bears are rebuilding still. The Packers are a team that I'd be willing to take a stance on at a low win, total 7.5. I think that's an 8-9-10 win team if Jordan Love is any good. Sam Paniotovich. On ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, ESPN Reno as well. Uh, I want to get college football week one leans, likes, and plays from you, but we do have to take a break for something really important here. Um, what were you doing this morning? This is uh, this is really important. Were you guys live uh, raising money for what? Oh, this is the Jimmy Fund. It's the uh, 25th anniversary, I believe. It's nice. um, We raised money for cancer research in New England. And I believe by the time I got off the set, we started this morning at 6 o'clock, and my shift was 8 to 10. We had already raised $600,000, nice. which is crazy. Yeah. That, that all goes to cancer research. And there was a family out here this way, the McHale family, that was going to match anything over seven fifty. Oh. And <laughs> that's a big check to write. That's awesome. We're going to get there, buddy. That's a nice donation. But it's all cancer research. It's a Jimmy Fund. Uh, we do it every year on Nesson, and WEI is a part of it as well. Uh, we do it again tomorrow, so I'll be on 8 to 9 in the morning. Um, but, yeah, it's just a great cause for, um, you know, a, a very, very serious thing that I think everybody has been touched by one way or the other in their lives, whether how, you know, whether you're a 5-year-old kid or an 80-year-old man, like somebody knows somebody who's, who's experienced a battle with cancer. So, yeah, that's, that's what it was this morning, and um, happy to be a part of that broadcast and, and talk to doctors and patients and, People that are fighting the good fight against such a terrible, terrible disease. Let's talk about the uh, the up and down nature. Transition out of that, will you? The the ride. <laughs> well, I'm not, not, not going to segue uh, <laughs> too creatively to get the football because it's an important. It is an important message, and everyone has been touched oh, yeah. by cancer. Um, the saga of following the line and trying to bet at the right time. This Florida Utah game is really interesting. I, I do have to point out. I know you you're kind of the watchdog of the the internet's. Um, there's a radio guy that I know who two days ago put out some picks and he recommended Utah at six and a half. And I immediately thought, I'm like, bro, it, last week it went down to four and a half, four. I mean, you, you can't send that out five days after the number was a couple of points lower. So we're back up now. So what are you thinking here? What's going on? Nothing to me has changed. I've been told and told again that Cam Rising is not playing for Utah. Hmm. Um, you know, Kyle Whittingham is playing games. These college coaches think they're so freaking cute. Utah literally on Friday tweeted out a depth chart 
and Cam Rising was listed at quarterback <laughs> one. But then yesterday, Whittingham's like, I have no confirmation that, that Cam Rising's in. So it's cat and mouse. We probably won't find out for sure until 7 o'clock Eastern on Thursday. The game is at 8. I don't think he's playing. I've told this program this for three or four weeks right. in a row. But the problem is when the depth chart comes out, the wise guys bet. And I don't know if you saw this. Circa literally went from four and a half to seven in a minute span. Wow. Because somebody probably popped them for a dime or a nickel, and it was a sharp account, and they just said, you know what, let's just go to seven. And then the seven came back to six and a half, and, and here we are. But that number is basically a halfway number. If rising's out, it's four and a half. If rising's in, it's higher. I mean, it opened nine, nine and a half. Either way, I will bang on this, this under drum as long as I can. <laughs> Florida stinks on offense, man. I mean, they might not score 14 points. Um, this, this to me, this game is is like a 24-14 final. I know that's a low total at 45, 45 and a half. I still would go under. I, I actually have a ticket at the South Point under 47 that I bet when I was out there. But, man, this is going to be a rock fight. Utah is going to be on quarterback three. And Florida's offense is going to be very, very bad early. So I, I still, even at even at 45 and a half, 46, I think under is a good bet. How about UMass coming out of the gates with a win? Put up 41 points against New Mexico State. Now they're taking on Auburn. What are you going to do with this game? So I want to give a hat tip to Rex Byers. He's actually coming up on chicken dinner. I'm going to post the episode tonight. He was, he was in Boston, and we talked for about 40 minutes about adjusting these lines from week zero to week one. And he said one of his favorite angles is to bet on a team that played in week zero, bet that team getting a big number against a team that hasn't played yet. And we have that uh, in the game, UMass and Auburn. That number actually opened up 39. And now I'm looking 36 at Circa, 35 at South Point, 35 and a half at Superbook. So there's been wow. some money on the dog here. Auburn has a lot of new pieces on offense, and that's not a team that has a lot of firepower. I mean, UMass basically needs 10 points. If you look at the line in the total, the line is 35, the total is 52. So if I get 10 from UMass, add the 35, we're at, you know, we're at 45, and we're only a touchdown shy. But I, I, think, I think that number is way too high. I made the game 25, so the fact that it's 35 is crazy. But Rex really likes the first half. Uh, you can take UMass in the first half at plus 22.5. I like full game more, but... There's a very sharp angle to take that UMass club that looked good in week zero, has its rhythm where you're going to face a rusty Auburn team with a new quarterback and a new system. Uh, about a minute left. What are we going to do with LSU and Florida? Tight line in this one, two and a half. I'm going to take the under. That's all I really like. Okay. I think it's a square side. I think LSU is a square side. I'm not a big fan of that team this year. I do like the under in the game. And uh, I, I can't let you go without, without you telling me that you, you're going to bet against Michigan early, huh? Week one? I'm going to. I'm going to do it the first uh, three weeks if I'm getting all these points. East Carolina plus 36.5. I know there's a fear that uh, Jimbo will tell the uh, the coaches and the players to just annihilate people to send a message. <laughs> um, you know, one that I'm really intrigued by, again, a team that played in week one against a team that did not, the number has steamed way down with Stanford at Hawaii. I think it was 11 at one point. Now it's 3.5. Um, I'm going to lay it. I hate the hook. I'm going to lay it with Stanford against Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's fair. Um, I just I'm laughing at every Michigan conversation because really the truth <laughs> of the matter is 
Such a good punishment to, to get Harbaugh out of the way know, for East right? Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Then bring him back for conference play. Very, very tough penalty, huh? And last one, what is Iowa going to be like mentally? They weren't good offensively. The, the kid is still around as the OC. Um, a lot of places have pulled it down, so I don't know what the hell's going on. But Utah State's plus 25 at Iowa. I have a feeling that McNamara at Iowa is is not going to play. I, I don't feel as confident about that as I do about Cam Rising, but it's sounding like Iowa's quarterback is like mm. he's going to get cleared, but they still might hold him out. Obviously, you look at the number in that game, um, it, it should be a cakewalk for Iowa, but but that's really why it's off the board at some places because there are some rumors rumbling that uh, Cade McNamara, the starting quarterback for Iowa, is not going to play. So that's basically what's behind all that. Sam, great job with the Jimmy Fund. Thanks for the time today. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, see you guys.